This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Cherry Leaf Podcast. And we're going to look at Microsoft Word. It seems a natural follow-on from the podcast episode number 55 that we did on PDFs, as there are quite a few similarities with using Word as your way of distributing content to the way that people use PDFs. So let's just pick up on some of the comments that came from the episode on PDFs. We were asked by some of the people that listened to it, shouldn't we have just gone back to the client and for the PDFs where we were struggling to get that content into a content management system, shouldn't we have just gone back to them and asked for the original source files? And in hindsight, yeah, we probably should have. But it's one of those things where you go down a path and you keep going down that path. You keep trying to fix the problem and then in the end you find that you've wasted a lot of time and it would have been just better to cut your losses and go back and say, do you have this in a different format? For the document where we had real difficulties with tables, in the end, what we did was we imported it into Microsoft Word and that retained most of the formatting of the tables. And then we imported that into the content management system and there was less tidying up to do after that. Now, on to Microsoft Word. We have talked about Word in the past and we've talked about topic-based authoring so there's going to be a little bit of overlap with some of the previous episodes. So let's start by looking at some of the reasons why technical communicators are not fans often of Microsoft Word and sometimes try to persuade or convince their colleagues or their organisation to move away from Word and adopt a different tool instead of Word. And some of the problems are similar to the problems that you face when dealing with PDFs. Both formats are designed around documents that you supply a document, you forward a document on, and you manage everything at that document level. It's sort of fixed in that format, in that structure. Now the problem with documents and treating things in that way is that often there's bits of information that need to appear in more than one document. So if we take the example of API reference documentation, you might want to have a section in all of your Word documents for all of the APIs that you've got. You might want the same content to appear that says, go to this website for more information. So you can write that piece of text and you can paste it into all of the different API documents, all the Word for review and you might be faced with the reviewer coming back and saying actually we've changed the web address can you amend it and if you're not careful you can be faced with then having to go through all of those different documents and copy and repaste the amended text into those documents which can be very time-consuming very frustrating another assume is that typically with word you don't have any semantic markup. You can have markup that tells you maybe how the text is going to be presented. You can mark up the text to say this is a heading one, or this is body text, or this is heading two. But in terms of marking it up for different audiences, 
or marking it up in a way to say that this is content that is a question, this is content that's an answer, so you might want to repurpose that content for use in a chatbot, for example. That's not really in Microsoft Word. There are other issues with Word. It's in many ways a tool that's designed as a jack-of-all-trades. It's a desktop publishing tool for creating flyers and posters and even business cards, as well as a word processor. In the world of business and really for technical communicators, technical authors, it's the word processing side that they want to use. They want to write documents, write content that can be used in a document, can be used on a website, that type of way. And really this hybrid of doing two things can mean that it can fall sometimes between two stools. It can be imperfect as a desktop publishing tool. It can be a bit fussy or a bit tricky to get images to be where you want them to be. And as a word processing tool, it can be problematic if you have lists and you have numbered lists and you want those lists to start back to one for a new list or to continue. Can be problems around that. Um, in particular with long, large documents, Word can struggle if there is a lot of imagery in that document. And another problem that many technical communicators face is you'll give a document to somebody to edit and you've set up styles for heading ones, heading twos, text, and you set it in a way that all the text is consistent, so all the body text is in, say, Arial or Times New Roman, and you give that text to somebody else to review, and they start using their own styles, or they copy and paste text in from somewhere else, and suddenly the text changes from one font to a different font, from size 10 point to size 11 point. And then you have to go back through that document and fix all those formatting changes to make sure that the document's consistent. Now, it is possible with the Windows version of Word to lock down the styles so that you can't change them if it's not your document. But like many things in Word, I think one of the problems with it is that people are trained in how to use Word when they start, and they're probably not aware of all the features and functionality that have been added or changes that have been made to Word in the subsequent years. And another feature that's consistent or common, similar to what happens with PDFs, is you have a document and you'll send it to somebody for review, and your document is document one, and they send back document 1A. They've saved it, they've made amendments, they've sent it back to you goes out to somebody else. They've created their own version. So you end up with more than one version of the same document and you have to combine those different changes together. And you end up with a sort of email ping pong of documents going back and forth and being changed. Now that actually is fixable because with Office 365 and OneDrive that comes with it, and the online browser version of Word, it is possible now to share the same document and get all of the editing done on the one single document in the same way that you can do with Google Docs or the same way that you might be able to do with a page in Wikipedia. 
and that you have the same thing with history and tracking changes in that way. So the issue around collaborative authoring has been improved to an extent, but it's still not as good as you might get with a content management system where you can break information down to different topics and get different individuals working or focusing on certain points. But we still don't really have the ability to single source, to write the content once and have it published to different formats, to write the content and to be able to have the same text appear in different places, like we said with that reference to a hyperlink. These are still fundamental problems around the way in which Microsoft is designed to work. Another issue that you may come across is that you might want the content to be viewed on a mobile device, on a tablet, on a mobile phone. And with web content, you can have responsive web design, so the content can change and adapt to the smaller screen. You don't get that with Word out of the box. Not in the same way. It's not as easy to read a Word document on a small screen. But Word is still hugely popular. It's been described as the crack cocaine of the business world or the business authoring world. And there are good features within it. It is a tool that pretty much everyone is familiar with and can create content with. It's not like giving somebody an XML document or even to an extent a markdown document or a wiki page. Everyone knows how to use Word. And pretty much everyone has Word. Or if not, they've got access to a word processor that can import or can open a Word document and can save in a Word format. There are some good features with Word, such as reviewing changes that have been made to a document, approving them or not approving them, tracking changes, so you can see what amendments somebody has done to a document. And it is possible. We had the interview with Terry Hopper in the past. One of the things that Terry does is he uses Word documents and uses some of the mail merge facilities to actually generate documents where content changes depending on the different audience. It sort of uses the mail merge to do conditional text. So it is possible to do some conditionalization of text using some of those features within Word. And of course, if you've got a long document where people need to do deep learning, there is still the benefit of having that content on paper. And Word is designed to print out paper-based documents can do the pagination, it can do the page breaks, and so on. It can generate long documents that are printed fairly well. And for the complaints about the difficulties in having it in different formats, its ubiquity, its popularity means that there are tools out there to convert it to HTML. Word itself does give you options to convert to HTML, some of the criticisms of that is that HTML can be quite bloated. There are options for simplified versions. Given the choice, it's probably better to take a Word document and use another tool to convert it to HTML rather than use Word's format, but it is there. Word has a very good spell checker and grammar checker. And it's fairly good at creating tables and also having features like autocorrect for certain common mistakes that we make in our writing. 
And one of the advantages of giving somebody a file, a Word file, in the same way that it is with PDFs, is it's easy for the recipient to do something with it. They can take that and they can forward it on to somebody else or they can store it and they know all of that content is in that one place. There are tools around that mean that you can use Word in better ways. So let's have a look at some of those. Madcap Software are now the company that own DoctorHelp. And DoctorHelp is a Windows-based tool. It sits in Microsoft Word, adds a few more tabs. And what it means is that you can create and convert content to HTML and you can have different skins and templates around it. You can have a table of contents appear on the left and the right. And you can also use Dr. Help to create policies and procedures. You can take a collection of different Word documents, you can bring them into this Dr. Help project, and it will publish those as a single PDF or as a single website or as a single Word document. And you can use its table of contents feature to move the content around so that the content is arranged in a different order to which it was written in that Word document. So Dr. Help's a nice little tool. It's like using a help authoring tool where you're writing your content in Word rather than a native authoring environment or in XML or in HTML. Unfortunately, one thing it doesn't have is the capability of snippets like you get with a lot of, of the help authoring tools where you can have a chunk of text, drop it in, and then if it needs to change, you change the snippets and then all the situations where it's been used, that change will be amended next time that you publish. So that example of the web address or the bit of text that's in lots of different documents, unfortunately with Dr. Help, that's not quite so straightforward to, to fix. What you do get with Dr. Help is some nice features like user-defined variables and conditional text. So you can have all your content in one place and then publish different versions for different situations. So it might be you have text conditionalized for location or different types of users or variations on products. There's some other tools around that uh, you may not have heard of. There's a company called Workiva and they have a tool called WDesk. And WDesk is a cloud-based tool. It's a compliance tool for reporting, primarily in the States, doing the quarterly reports that the financial and regulatory bodies expect to be done. That often requires organizations to write a report that has statistical information, financial information, as well as text. So it generally means that you have a document written in Word and a content taken from Excel. And if you do that normally, what you have is if the data in Excel changes, that can cause all manner of problems to the Word document where it's been embedded. So WDesk is for organizations where they want a more reliable way of having that combination of financial information and text because it does the, the data linking from the spreadsheets and the graphs better than just if they're embedded into a Word document. It will update those automatically. There's another tool that was recommended on the Cybertext blog, and that is a tool called Edit Tools. It's not one that we've used. It's chargeable. It's about $69 to buy. It's a add-in for Word for Windows, and essentially Edit Tools is a collection of editing macros. 
So it's designed to make it easier when you're editing, so your content is more consistent. So it has macros for the case of the words, sentence case or camel case and so on. It's got features for highlighting, changing the style language, for custom dictionaries, for improving the clipboard, multi-file find, removing formats and reinstating formats, and removing table cell end spaces and so on. I mentioned the Cybertext blog. This is by Rhonda Bracey in Australia. She is a word expert and a technical author and editor. And her blog is cybertext.wordpress.com. We went through the Cybertext blog just to have a look at some of the topics that it covers. A lot of it is actually around some of the bugs and bug fixes that are available to fix some of the problems that are around with Word. If you do go to the blog, there are some useful tips there that you might find useful. For example, there's information on how you can create a macro to convert from one heading style to another, how you can replace multiple spaces with a single space, find and replace multiple asterisks used as separator lines, ways to find duplicate words, how to create random filler for confidential documents, how to find and replace multiple spaces after punctuation for those writers that you have that insist on double space after every full stop, and how to assign keyboard shortcuts to paste on formatted text, and also how to get your computer to read your document, which can be quite a handy way to review your document. If your computer speaks the words that you've written, it's quite a handy way to spot the mistakes that appear in the document where you may have used two words after each other, for example, like the, the. We should also mention FrameMaker, which is the tool from Adobe for technical publications. It's traditionally been used for creating large technical printed documents, but you can also use it to generate HTML and use it in conjunction with content management systems or subditor environments, for example. In fact, Adobe has a white paper on its website that says it's a common misconception that FrameMaker competes with Microsoft Word, arguing that when you compare tables, equations, and options for positioning graphics, that there's quite a contrast between FrameMaker and Word and that they've been developed and designed with different customer needs in mind. While that is true to an extent in that FrameMaker is mainly a tool for technical publications and that environment and Word is a tool for a wider market, it is also true that lots of technical communicators and organisations use Word for technical documentation and therefore if Word isn't up to the job, then they would look at FrameMaker as an alternative. But I think it's fair to say that Word and FrameMaker do compete. They are alternatives to solve one type of solution. So why might you want to move from Word to FrameMaker? Well, we can draw upon a blog post by Tammy Halter on the Adobe website that outlines some of the reasons for that, that she claims are reasons why you might want to move across. 
The first three reasons that Tammy lists are around really the stability and reliability that FrameMaker has in comparison to Word. She argues that it feels more reliable, i.e. it doesn't crash so often, it has a solid feel, and it's good at handling large documents. And FrameMaker does have the strength of producing high quality printed documentation where there's lots of pages. There are other features that FrameMaker has that can mean that it works in a faster way than Word, let's put it like that, in that you can turn off the images whilst you're working so you don't have that burden or imposition on the memory of your machine. You also have features that are just better. For example, automatic numbering is less of a hassle than it can be with Word. It can generate tables of contents automatically, updates cross-references, and it can also insert automatically warnings or ca cautions based on a particular style. Tammy also mentions that you can drag and drop files into the book window or content window that can make it easier to reorganize content or chapters or topics as and when you need them, and that you can also insert and update amendment numbers quite easily, which is something that can be difficult to do in Word with publication footers. And there's a post by Matt Sullivan arguing that FrameMaker can cost you less than Word. If you can get your documents written more quickly, then you'll save on the cost of your time compared to the cost of the software. The features that Matt highlights where FrameMaker is significantly stronger than Word, some that we've mentioned before as weaknesses of Word, some that overlap with what Tammy wrote, numbering. Much better at managing numbering, renumbering, how the numbers appear, and so on much better at cross-referencing, much better at displaying tables, having the ability to organize content into book files and to organize your content via these into different ways, much better at managing variables. In fact, having two types of variables, system variables that can help you manage page chapters and sections and so on, and user variables where you can store text strings and format them in the way that you want. Matt also mentions its capabilities to publish to HTML5 and also to use conditional text to have dynamic filtering. So if you are involved in creating long documents, FrameMaker is certainly worth looking at. I should also mention that we do offer classroom training in FrameMaker and you can find details on those courses on the cherryleaf.com website. So where does this leave us? What can we say in summary? Is Word a saint or is it a sinner? Well, when it comes to collaboration and being more consistent, Word has got a lot better. The features, particularly using OneDrive and the browser-based version and locking down the template means that it is possible now to work collaboratively on a document in better ways, more reliable ways than before. But there are still issues with large documents, managing images, managing numbered lists and the like. And it still works within a world or a view, a paradigm as it were, of information being packaged as 
documents. And that's the way in which you work. And this is really where the strain and the tension starts to come into play. If we want to break our documents so that we can use bits in different ways on web pages and chatbots, using artificial intelligence to synthesize documents and the like, then that document view that is there with Word may cause us problems and may suggest or indicate that it might be better to use an alternative tool to Word. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of the Cherryleaf podcast. Of course, if you want to know more about Cherryleaf, the things that we do, it's cherryleaf.com. We've got a newsletter that goes out every month, so you can sign up to that. We provide links to information to help you be a better technical communicator. And until the next time, I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of the Cherryleaf podcast. Thanks again for listening.